Welcome to Stories from Among the Stars. You're listening to A Psalm for the Wild Built by Becky Chambers. Chapter 3 Splendid Speckled Moss Cap Dex tried to process the the thing standing in front of them. Its body was abstractly human in shape, but that was where the similarity ended. The metal panels encasing its frame were stormy gray and lichen-dusted, and its circular eyes glowed a gentle blue. Its mechanical joints were bare, revealing the coated wires and rods within. Its head was rectangular, nearly as broad as its erstwhile shoulders. Panels on the sides of its otherwise rigid mouth had the ability to shift up and down, and mechanical shutters litted its eyes. Both of these features were arranged in something not entirely dissimilar from a smile. Dex realized slowly, still naked, still dripping, that the robot wanted them to shake its hand. Dex did not. The robot pulled back. Oh, dear. Have I done something wrong? You're the first human I've ever met. The large mammals I'm most familiar interacting with are river wolves, and they respond best to a direct approach. Dex stared. All knowledge of verbal speech forgotten. The robot's face couldn't do much, but it managed to look confused all the same. Can you understand me? It raised its hands and began to sign. No, I can... Dex realized they'd instinctively begun signing along with their spoken words and stopped. I can hear, they managed to say. Um, I, um. The robot took another step back. Are you afraid of me? Uh, yeah, Dex said. The robot crouched, trying to align itself with Dex's height. Does this help? That's more condescending than anything. Hmm, the robot straightened up. Well then, allow me to assure you. I mean you no harm, and my quest in human territory is one of goodwill. I thought that much would be obvious from the parting promise, but perhaps it was presumptuous of me to assume. The parting promise... Some distant synapse fired, some speck of knowledge learned once in school and never used again, but Dex was too shaken to make the connection. Before a link could be forged, another problem registered. Dinner was burning. Shit! Dex scurried to the stove to find the multicolored vegetables turning a uniform black. The robot walked up behind them. This is cooking, it said happily. It's very exciting to see cooking. It was cooking, Dex said, scrambling for tongs. Now it's a mess. They began to rescue their meal, evacuating the salvageable bits onto a plate. Can I help? The robot asked. Can I bring you something that would help? Dex's brain made the laborious shift from what is happening to fix it. My towel, they said. Your towel. The robot looked around, where Dex jerked their head directionally as they scraped char from the bottom of the pan. In the wagon, on the hook by the ladder, it's red. The robot opened the wagon door and leaned as much of itself as it could inside. 
belongings. Oh, this is a delight. And you have so many, and all over. Towel, Dex shouted, as one of the better-looking veggies tumbled off their plate and into the dirt. Oh, there's a fish, and there's a fish. The fish are jumping high. The speakers sang cheerily. Dex grabbed their computer and shut the noise off. The disconcerting sound of rummaging emanated from the wagon as the robot navigated the too small space. A metal arm was extended around the corner, fluffy red fabric in hand. This? Dex grabbed the towel and wrapped it around themselves. They stared despondently at what should have been a delicious dinner. They looked down at the clumps of moistened dirt that had collected on clean skin through the holes in their sandals. A blood suck landed on their bare shoulder. They slapped it irritably. Sorry, Dex said to the remains of the bug as they wiped it on a kitchen cloth. The robot noted this. Did you just apologize to the blood suck for killing it? Yes. Why? It didn't do anything wrong. It was acting in its nature. Is this typical of people to apologize to things you kill? Yeah. Hmm the robot said with interest. It looked at the plate of vegetables. Did you apologize to each of these plants individually as you harvested them, or in aggregate? We don't apologize to plants. Why not? Dex frowned, opened their mouth, then shook their head. What, what are you? What is this? Why are you here? The robot again looked confused. Do you not know? Do you no longer speak of us? We, I mean, we tell stories about, is robots the right word? Do you call yourself robots or something else? Robot is correct. Okay, well, it's kid stories, mostly. Sometimes you hear somebody say they saw a robot in the borderlands, but I always thought it was bullshit. I know you're out there, but it's like, it's like saying you saw a ghost. We're not ghosts or bullshit, the robot said simply. Rare sightings have certainly occurred in both directions, but there hasn't been actual contact between your kind and mine since the parting promise. Dex's frown deepened. You're saying that you and I are the first human and the first robot to talk to each other since, since everything. Yes, the robot beamed. It's an honor, truly. Dex stood stupidly, rumpled towel wrapped around them, burned dinner in hand, uncombed hair weeping down their cheeks. I, I'm gonna go get dressed. They started to walk toward the wagon, then turned around. You said your name is Mosscap? Technically, I am splendid, speckled Mosscap, but our remembrance of humans is that you like to shorten names. Splendid speckled moss cap, Dex repeated. Like the mushroom. The robot's metal cheeks rose. Exactly like the mushroom, Dex squinted. Why? We name ourselves for the first thing we notice when we wake up. In my case, the first thing I noticed was a large clump of splendid speckled moss caps. This raised far more questions than it answered, but Dex let them lie for now. Okay. Mosscap, I'm Dex. Do you have a gender? No, me neither. Dex looked around the campsite, which suddenly looked hopelessly shabby 
This was hardly the place for a moment like this. The least they could do was put on some pants. Can you, can you wait a sec while I get dressed? Mosscap nodded happily. Of course. Can I watch? No. Ah. The robot looked a touch disappointed, but shrugged it off. No problem. Dex set down their dinner on their chair, went to the wagon, put on some pants, pulled on a shirt, and combed their hair. These things, they knew how to do. Everything else had gone off the rails. Clothed and marginally presentable, Dex went back outside, where the robot was standing exactly where it had been minutes before. Do you want a chair? Dex asked. Do you sit? Oh, well, the robot considered this. Yes, I'd like to sit in a chair, thank you. I have a remnant of chairs, but I've never sat in one. Mosscap did not explain this odd statement further, and Dex was too addled to ask. They pulled the other chair, the one that didn't get much use, off the side of the wagon and set it up beside the fire drum. There you go. They picked up their dinner and sat. They stopped, contemplating the plate. You don't eat, right? Mosscap looked up from its examination of the guest chair. No, it said. The robot sat down and adjusted to its new situation. Hmm. Is it comfortable? Dex asked. The chair had never had an occupant seven feet tall. Oh, I don't experience tactile pleasure, Mosscap said. It leaned back in the chair experimentally, resulting in another small hmm. I'm aware of when I'm touching something, but the feeling is neither good nor bad. I simply touch things, but this, it gestured at itself and the chair, is delightful, purely for the novelty. I've never sat this way before. Dex took a forkful of their burned vegetables and began to eat. The meal was truly depressing, but Dex was hungry beyond the point of caring. Do you need to sit? Dex asked. Do you get tired? No, Mosscap said. I sit or lie down if I want to alter my field of vision. Otherwise, I can stand for as long as my battery will allow. Another old synapse fired. Something from an archival video in school. I thought you ran on oil. Ah, the robot pointed a metal finger at Dex and smiled. It stood up from its chair and turned around, displaying the old-fashioned solar plating heavily bolted across its back. Solar power wasn't mainstream when we left. But it was around, and one of the manufacturers of the associated hardware provided us with these before our departure so we wouldn't have to rely on human fuel. Mosscap turned back around, and with a single forceful motion, yanked a panel off of its midsection to display the battery beneath. We also received... What's the matter? Dex sat with their fork stalled halfway to their mouth, staring in mild shock at the thing that had just ripped its own stomach open. Mosscap stared back for a moment, then comprehended. Oh, don't worry. As I said, I feel nothing. That didn't hurt. Look, see. The robot snapped the panel back into place. No problem. Dex set the food-laden fork down on their plate. They rubbed their left temple lightly. What is it you want? The robot returned to its chair, 
leaning forward and folding its hands together in a pose of pure earnestness. I am here, it said, to see how humans have gotten along in our absence. As is outlined in the parting promise, we are guaranteed complete freedom of travel in human territories and rights equal to that of any Pangan citizen, Dex said, the atrophied memory kicking in at last. You were told you could come back any time and that we wouldn't be the ones to initiate contact. We'd leave you alone unless you wanted otherwise. Precisely, and my kind would still very much like to be left alone. But we're also curious. We know our leaving the factories was a great inconvenience to you, and we wanted to make sure you'd done all right. That society had progressed in a positive direction without us. So you're checking in? Essentially, it's a little more specific than that. Mosscap leaned back, noticing the armrests for the first time. Are these for arms? Yes. Mosscap stretched out its arms, bent them deliberately, and set them down with a chuckle. Sorry, there's just so much here to experience. I keep getting distracted. I wouldn't have guessed that robots got distracted. Why not? Well, can't you, I don't know, run programs in the background or something? Mosscap's eyes adjusted their focus. You understand how resource-heavy consciousness is, yes? No, I can't do that any more than you can. But we're getting off track. To the point, I was sent here to answer the following question. What do humans need? Dex blinked. That's a question with a million answers. No doubt, and I obviously cannot ascertain any of those answers by talking to one individual alone. You... You can't expect to talk to every person in Panga. Mosscap laughed. No, of course not. But I will take this question throughout Panga, until I am satisfied that I have answer enough. How will you know when you're satisfied? The robot cocked its rectangular head at Dex. How do you know when you're satisfied? Dex stared for a moment, then set their plate on the ground. What do humans need is an unanswerable question. That changes from person to person, minute to minute. We can't predict our needs beyond the base things we require to survive. It's like, they pointed to their wagon. It's like my teas. Your teas? Yes. I give them to people based on whatever kind of comfort they need in that moment. Something akin to epiphany blossomed on the robot's face. You're a tea monk, a disciple of Alalea. Yep. You're not just Dex, you're sibling Dex. Ah, I apologize. Mosscap pointed to the wagon. These symbols, I should have realized. It quickly stood and walked over to study the mural. The bear. Yes, and the all six sigil. Yes, yes, of course. It ran a finger over a stripe of paint. The symbols are there. I just didn't recognize them. The style is so different. It knelt down, following the colorful swirls. So much has changed from what we recorded, the robot said quietly. Dex's brow furrowed as Mosscap stood in contemplation of the artwork. 
I didn't expect you to know the gods. If you mean the custom of human religion, we know everything we observed of you during our time together. But as for the gods themselves, they're everywhere and in everything. Mosscap smiled at Dex. Surely you know this. Yes, Dex said tersely. They weren't about to get lectured on theology by a machine. But just because a bird or a rock or a wagon follows the gods' laws doesn't mean those things know the gods are there. Well, I'm not a bird or a rock or a wagon. I think like you do, which makes sense after all. Someone like you made us. How could I think any other way? The smile faded, replaced with a look of profound realization. Oh, oh, but this is perfect. What is? Mosscap stepped excitedly towards Dex. A disciple of Alalea. Who better to understand the needs of humans? It pointed to the wagon. You travel from town to town. Yes. You know the different communities, the different customs. Dex didn't like where this was going. Mosscap placed its palms on its chest. Sibling Dex, I need you. I need a guide. It stepped back toward the wagon, never taking its glowing eyes off Dex. It pointed again at the paint. I didn't recognize this. There will be so much I don't recognize. And I knew this would be the case. I anticipated it, yes, but I have worried about it. I figured I would learn by trial and error, but with you... With you, my quest would be so much simpler, more efficient, more fun. The robot smiled, as wide as its face plates allowed. Dex did not smile. Dex didn't know what to do. I, uh... Mosscap laced its hinged hands together in plea. Sibling Dex, travel with me through Panga, to the villages, and to the city. Travel with me and help me answer my question. The robot could not be serious, Dex thought. Could it? Could robots joke? That would take months, Dex said. I, I can't. Why not? You said you travel from town to town. Yes, but how would this be different? Mosscap's shoulders slumped just a touch. Do you not want my company? I don't know you, Dex sputtered. I don't know what you are. We've been talking for five minutes and you want, you want. They shook their head, trying in vain to iron their thoughts flat. I'm not doing tea service right now. I've just left the villages. I won't be back there for, for a while. Mosscap's head cocked. Where are you going? Hartsbrow, you know, the, the mountain, Mosscap said with surprise. Yes, I know it. Dex could actually hear something whirring inside the robot's head. Why are you going there? There's nothing- Oh, the hermitage. Are you going to the hermitage? Yes, Dex said. Ah, Mosscap said, as if all questions were answered. Its head cocked again, like a dog searching for its ball. Why? You do know it will be a ruin. I assumed. Have you been there? Not to the hermitage itself, but to the antlers, yes. 
There are wonderful slime molds in the valleys there. Mosscap's tone resembled that of a person thinking fondly of a rare wine. Whatever pleasant memory it was entertaining, the robot's temperament shifted quickly to concern. Sibling Dex, have you been in the wilderness before? I've traveled between the villages. The highways are not the same as the wilderness, and the trip to Hartsbrow will take... How far does that thing travel in a day? Mosscap pointed again at the wagon. I can go a hundred miles, give or take. So that's... Sorry, I'm slow at math. Dex frowned. What? How was the robot slow at math? Hush, I can't multiply and talk at the same time, the whirring continued. That'll take you at least a week, Mosscap fell silent. I don't know of any of your kind who have been in the wilderness that long and come back out. It's very easy to get lost in here. I thought you said robots hadn't had any contact with us. Not alive, no. Dex looked back in the direction of the road. The black paving had been absorbed into the night. Does that still lead all the way to Hartsbrow? Yes, Mosscap said slowly. It's been a while since I was out this way, but I think so. Well then, I won't leave the road. I wasn't planning to anyway. The robot fidgeted in quiet agitation. Sibling Dex, I feel that we've perhaps started on the wrong foot here, and I don't quite know what I've done wrong, but if you'll allow me to offer some advice, I think this is a bad idea. Mosscap scratched its ruler's straight chin as it thought. Hmm, a week there, a week back, that's not so much time, and I have no schedule. What? I could come with you, Mosscap said brightly. I can get you to the hermitage safely, and on the way, you can tell me all I need to know about human customs. A fair exchange, wouldn't you say? In the grand scheme of things, it was fair, and probably wise, and certainly less taxing than the robot's starting proposal. But no, no, this wasn't what Dex wanted, or needed, or had ever remotely conceived of. This was weird, and confusing, and the opposite of being alone. They rubbed their forehead, looked to the stars, and sighed. I... Look, I... Mosscap leaned back, putting its palms up in a placative manner. You need time to process. I understand. It smiled. I will wait. It returned to its chair, folded its hands on its lap, and waited. Dex stood up without another word. Not knowing what else to do, they walked into their wagon and shut the door behind them. They needed quiet, a familiar space. They looked around their home. Plants and books and laundry. Same as yesterday. Same as always. They stole a peek out the window. Mosscap was still there, still sitting, still smiling. Dex jerked the curtain closed. This was ludicrous, top to bottom. A blink of an eye before, they'd been setting up camp, taking a shower, roasting some veggies, preparing for a much-needed sleep. Now... Now there was a robot sitting by their fire asking them if they could swap a crash course in a couple centuries of human culture for backcountry trail escort. Dex sat for a while, 
They stood. They sat. They stood. They paced. There was no way they were doing this. Obviously not. They were a fucking tea monk, not an academic or a scientist or any of the myriad professions infinitely better suited to facilitating the first contact between humans and robots in 200 years. Dex barely remembered what the parting promise was. They were the wrong person for this. That wasn't selfish, they thought. That was fact. The pacing continued. They could give the robot directions to hammer strike. Dex had satellite signal, after all. They could message the town council and let them know Mosscap was coming. And someone qualified could take things from there. Yes, Dax nodded to themselves. Yes, that would do. That would be their contribution. And they could read about whatever happened next in the news whenever they got back. Satisfied, they stood and opened the wagon door, confident in the answer they'd deliver. Mosscap, I- Shh! Mosscap said in a loud whisper. Its tone was equal parts warning and excitement. Don't startle it. Dex looked to where Mosscap was pointing and saw nothing but the blackness of a forest at night. Don't startle what? Dex hissed back. Something shuffled in the dark. It shuffled loudly. Largely. Dex's heart skipped. They looked to the robot again. Mosscap was frozen, alert, but made no motion to leave. Did robots run from danger? Did they know to? Did they need to? Dex wondered if they should get themselves back inside. But before they could close the door, the source of the sound emerged. A huge bramble bear stepped out of the shadows and into the firelight, sniffing the ground with its fat, wet nose. It looked up, straight at Dex, Dex quickly swung their own gaze down, knowing that the last thing you want to do is look a bear in the eye. Unless you wanted that to truly be the last thing you'd ever do. Dex wanted nothing more in the world than to close the door, but they were too scared to move. The bear snorted in Dex's direction, then ambled over to the fire. Mosscap, too, kept its head low, and it had shut off the lights in its eyes. The bear's nose twitched until it found its quarry at last. Dex's dinner plate. It scarfed the food down, taking its time to lick away every last burned morsel. Once there was nothing left, its nose drifted again toward the wagon, where butter and nuts and sweets lay waiting. Dex shut the door hard, nearly falling backward in their haste. The wagon, praised Chal, was bearproof. This had been proven twice before, when Dex had come back from a tavern or guesthouse to find that an ursine visitor had knocked the vehicle over while trying to get the snacks inside. Dex wasn't worried about the wagon. They were worried about the fact that this time around, they were inside the wagon. The wagon might be immune to being tossed around. Dex was not. But incongruously, with the ways of its kind, the bear left the wagon alone. It sniffed the plate again in false hope, then moseyed back into the woods. The brief intersection of their lives complete. Mosscap's eyes flickered back on, and it looked to Dex's window with utter glee. The robot's elated words came muffled through the wagon wall. Wasn't that exciting? Dex slid down to the floor and locked their hands in their still damp hair. 
They thought of the paint job outside, which Mosscap had been so interested in. They thought of the storage crate they leaned against now, filled with decorations for their pop-up shrine. They thought of the pectin-printed pendant resting as it always did against the hollow of their throat. Bears. All of it. Bears, bears, bears. Sibling Dex, dutiful disciple, traveling tea monk, lifelong student of the sacred six, leaned their head back against the box and stared at the ceiling for a few moments. They shut their eyes and left them closed a few moments more. Fuck, they said. Chapter 4 An Object and an Animal Coming face to face with a robot was one thing, as was having the robot offer to travel with you, as was, eventually, agreeing to said offer. It was another thing entirely to know what to talk about. If Mosscap had any concept of awkward silence, it did not seem to mind. It kept pace easily with the ox bike, walking alongside with tireless speed as Dex continued the hard climb up the old road. Dex had slept better than they'd anticipated. Exhaustion trumped bewilderment, it turned out. But starting the morning ride with already sore calves was mildly miserable. Dex looked up the daunting path ahead of them, which seemed to grow steeper and wilder with every push of the pedals. Dex had thought themselves a good cyclist, but this was a far cry from the highways. I could help you know, Mosscap said. I don't know if we'd go much faster, but it'd be easier on you at least. Help how, Dex said, through heavy breath. I could push or pull, depending on- Absolutely not, Dex said. The robot fell silent, the finality in Dex's voice preventing any further discussion. Mosscap shrugged and continued its brisk march, looking with apparent happiness at the forest canopy around them. A chatterbird alighted on a nearby branch, singing its famous staccato song. Mosscap smiled and returned the call, mimicking the sound in near perfection. Dex looked askance at the robot as they pedaled. That's creepily good, they said. Two foxes taught me, Mosscap said. Dex wrinkled their nose in confusion. Two foxes taught you to... Is that another robot? Yes. Two Foxes is an expert in bird behavior. It loves nothing better than listening to vocalizations. Dex took note of Mosscap's phrasing. So, it is correct, then. You wouldn't prefer they, or... Oh, no, 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 no. Those sorts of words are for people. Robots are not people. We're machines, and machines are objects. Objects are its. I'd say you're more than just an object, Dex said. The robot looked a touch offended. I would never call you just an animal, sibling Dex. It turned its gaze to the road, head held high. We don't have to fall into the same category to be of equal value. Dex had never thought about it like that. You're right, they said. I'm sorry. Don't be. This is an exchange, remember? These things will happen. 
Another silence filled the air. Dex tossed out another question to break it. How many of you are there? Oh, I don't know, Mosscap said breezily. A few thousand, I think. A few thousand, you think? That's what I said. You don't know? Do you know how many people there are on Panga? I mean, roughly, not exactly. Well then, same here. A few thousand, I think. Dex frowned as they gently swerved past a pothole. I figured you'd keep track of that. Mosscap laughed. <laughs> it's very hard to keep track of robots. We get so caught up in things. Fire nettle, for example. It walked up a mountain one day, and we didn't see it again for six years. I thought it had broken down, but no, it was watching a sapling grow from seed. Oh, and there's black marbled frost frog. It's something of a legend. It's been holed up in a cave watching stalagmites form for three and a half decades and plans to do nothing else. A lot of robots do things like that. Not all of us want the company of others, and none of us keep schedules that humans would find comfortable. So there's no easy way to know how many of us there are, down to the last. I would have thought you could all, I don't know, hear each other, Dex said. Ping back or something. Mosscap turned its head slowly. You don't think we're networked, do you? Well, I don't know, are you? God's around, no. Ugh, can you imagine? The robot's face was angular in its disgust. Would you want everybody else's thoughts in your head? Would you want even one other person's thoughts in your head? No, but no, of course not. Even if our hardware allowed for that, which it assuredly does not. I can't see how that'd do anything but make us completely unhinged. Ugh, that's horrific, sibling Dex. Dex thought and thought. So, those of you who do want company, how do you know where to meet? Are there villages or... No, we have no need for food or rest or shelter, so settlements serve us no purpose. What we do have are meeting places, glades, mountaintops, that kind of thing. How do you know when to meet? Every 200 days. Every 200 days? That's it? Should it be more complicated than that? I guess not. What do you do when you meet? We talk. We share. Mosscap shrugged. What does any social being do when they meet? Okay. So you chat, and then go off on your own to watch stalagmites or whatever. We're not all that single-minded or that solitary. Some like to travel in groups. I was part of a trio for a while. Me and Milton's Millipede and Pollen Cloud. We had wonderful conversations together. What happened? Milton's Millipede became distinctly interested in fish spawning, and I was uninterested in observing that particular event in depth, so we parted ways. No hard feelings? Mosscap looked surprised. Why would there be? Dex's head was already starting to hurt. So then, if there are no settlements, and you just meet in random places, they're not random. In varied places, then, and you are not networked, and you can't communicate long distance, right? You can't? We can't. Then how did the robots choose you to leave the wilderness? 
that couldn't have been a unanimous decision. Well, no. A black marbled frost frog doesn't leave its cave, remember? Mosscap smiled cheekily at this. Sorry. I'll be serious. We had a large gathering at Meteor Lake where we sorted it out. How'd you know to go there? Oh, the caches. Of course, you don't know about the caches. What are the caches? Weatherproof boxes we leave written messages in. We have 52,936 of them. Wait, wait, you don't know how many robots there are, but you know that you have 52,936 communications caches. Yes, I can sense their locations. How? It's very old technology, back from before our awakening. The factories contained supply containers, toolboxes, raw materials, and so on. We repurposed the idea for our own use after we left. Mosscap tapped its forehead. The caches give off a signal, and I can pick it up. We, uh, borrow some of the functionality of your communication satellites for that. It put a finger to its motionless mouth. Don't tell. Nobody's noticed? Not to brag, but we're much better at masking our digital fingerprints than you are at finding them. Yeah, I guess you would be. Okay, so you leave notes for each other. Yes, it's common practice to check any cache that you're in close proximity to just to see what's up. Robots started spreading the word about a large meeting on the spring equinox, and there were enough of us there to have a proper discussion about whether it was time to see what you all were up to. And how did you get picked to be the lone representative? I was the first to volunteer. Dex blinked. That was it? That was it. Dex chewed on this for a while, as Mosscap continued cooing at birds. You are nothing like I expected, Dex said at last. I mean, I didn't expect to meet any of you ever, but they shook their head. I wouldn't have pictured you. Why not? You're so flexible, fluid. You don't even know how many of you there are, or where you are. You just go with the flow. I figured you'd be all numbers and logic, structured, strict, you know? Mosscap looked amused. What a curious notion. Is it? Like you said, you're a machine. And? And machines only work because of numbers and logic. Well, that's how we function, not how we perceive. The robot thought hard about this. Have you ever watched ants? I mean, sure, probably not like you have. Mosscap chuckled, acknowledging this to be so. Many small creatures have wonderful intelligences, very different from yours or mine, of course, but just wonderful, sophisticated in their own way. If you watch a nest of ants for a while, you'll see them react to all sorts of stimuli. Food, threats, obstacles. They make choices, decisions. It's incredibly logical. Strict, as you say. Food good, other ants bad. But can an ant perceive beauty? Does an ant reflect on being an ant? Unlikely, but maybe. You can't rule it out. Let's assume, though, for the sake of this conversation, that it does not. Let's assume that ants lack that particular flavor of neural complexity, 
In that respect, it seems to me that creatures with less complicated intelligences than humans are more in line with how you'd expect a machine to behave. Your brain, the human brain, started out as a food, good, other apes bad, mechanism. You still have those root functions, deep down in there, but you are so much more than that. To distill you down to what you grew out of would be like... It searched for an example. Stop the bike if you would. Dex stopped the bike. The wagon groaned but obeyed. Mosscap drew their attention to the mural on the wagon. How would you describe this painting? Dex didn't like feeling as though they'd just walked into a pop quiz, but they obliged. Happy, they said, cheerful, welcoming. That's one way to describe it. Could you not also describe it as pigment and lacquer smeared onto wood? Is that not what it is? I guess, but that... Dex shut their eyes for a moment. Ah, that misses the point. That's thinking about it backwards, missing the forest for the trees. Precisely. It ignores the greater meaning born out of the combination of those things. Mosscap touched their metal torso, smiling with pride. I am made of metal and numbers. You are made of water and genes. But we are each something more than that. And we can't define what that something more is simply by our raw components. You don't perceive the way an ant does any more than I perceive, like a, I don't know, a vacuum cleaner. Do you still have vacuum cleaners? Sure, Dex paused, remembering a museum exhibit from their youth. Manual ones, anyway. We don't do robotics anymore. Because of, <laughs> Mosscap gestured at itself. Yeah, we don't know why you happened, so we don't want to mess with it. Hmm, I would have thought people would have studied the awakening in our absence. I'm sure someone somewhere does, but it's hard to study something that isn't there to be studied, and trying to make more of you is an ethical mess. There's just some things in the universe that are better left unfucked with. Dex got the bike going again, taking a moment to focus on nothing more complicated than the simple rotation of gears. I still think you'd be better off with a disciple of Samophar, they said. You could bend each other's heads until you both collapse. Mosscap laughed. And maybe I will seek one of them out after this. But for now, the robot looked around the sunny forest with contentment. I think I'm where I should be. Dex's calves labored against gravity, Trichilles' ever-constant pull. Gods around, but it was difficult getting back up to speed on an incline, even with the ox bike's help. So, if two foxes is into bird calls, what about you? What's your thing? Insects, Mosscap cried. Its voice was jubilant, as if it had spent every second prior waiting for Dex to broach the topic. Oh, I love them so much. And arachnids, too. All invertebrates, really. Although, I do also love mammals and birds. Amphibians are also very good, as are fungi and mold. And it paused, catching itself. You see, this is my problem. Most of my kind have a focus. Not as sharply focused as two foxes or black marbled rock frog, necessarily, but they have an area of expertise, at least. Whereas I... 
I like everything. Everything is interesting. I know about a lot of things, but only a little in each regard. Mosscap's posture changed at this. They hunched a bit, lowered their gaze. It's not a very studious way to be. I can think of a bunch of monks who'd disagree with you on that, Beck said. You study Bosch's domain, it sounds like, in a very big, top-down kind of way. You're a generalist. That's a focus. Mosscap's eyes widened. Thank you, sibling Dex, it said after a moment. I hadn't thought of it that way. Dex angled their head to give Mosscap a nod of your welcome, then stared at what they saw. You've got a worm crawling through your uh, neck parts. It's a velvet leaf worm. And yes, I know. It came up my arm after I brushed against a bush. It's fine. Dex watched with growing trepidation as the leaf worm crept up and up, exploring with its long antennae, eventually slithering into the dark gap that led into Mosscap's head. Uh, Mosscap, it's... Yes, it's fine. That's all for now. Thank you for listening. Make sure to follow Stories from Among the Stars on your preferred podcast app to get the next episode. Or if you just can't wait, you can buy A Psalm for the Wild Built wherever books or audiobooks are sold. Thank you.